0: Hello, Clive Takal here, and I'm joined today by Kimberly Isherwood. And Kimberly has a very interesting story to tell uh, relating to children, and it's a story that really everybody needs to be aware of. So, Kimberly, over to you.
1: Oh, thank you very much, Clive. So for those who don't know, my name is Kim Isherwood. I'm um, chair of a group we've put together called Public Child Protection Wales. We formed this group because we were challenging the sex education that's come into the UK. So we have uncovered um, the fact that all four countries in the UK have enrolled into this comprehensive sexuality education. We're all at different stages of its implementation. So you would have seen some graphic lesson content rolling out in Scotland and England and some in Ireland. But here in Wales, we've had something quite um, different, it's radical. We've um, been legislated against, so we've got this new sex education from age 3 to 16 with no parental opt-out. It is now embedded all across the curriculum and it is littered with three theories. So the first theory is we are sexual from birth. That is the framework and the theory for the whole of the UK, rather concerning. Uh, the gender ideology that there are countless numbers of genders, and the doctor guesses your gender at birth. And then we have the queer theory. The queer theory is very concerning. Um, it just wants to. It wants to, in their own words, they want to smash heteronormativity. And if your child, um, your son, doesn't play with a the tractor, then your son is queer. You know, so somewhere on this scale, you are queer. But when you look at the work of these people behind this they do not believe in childhood innocence they do not believe that childhood is actually a concept so they think that this is a myth children and adults are equal in all senses including um well sexual issues as well so here in wales we've challenged the government we've gone through the democratic process and it's been kicked in our face we had no option but to take the government to court. We, we understood that this is a massive agenda. We are never going to um, achieve, or overcome this in the courts. But what we did aim to achieve in the courts was, we wanted a say over our children's education. We wanted the chance to opt out, which that would have meant that it is then a, a, a standalone subject and it's going to be manageable But the court, the judicial system, has decided that we don't have parental rights. The Welsh Government put an argument across saying parental rights don't exist. So even though we presented it in the Human Rights Act and different pieces of legislation, the Education Act and things like that, the Welsh Government argued that parental rights aren't a thing. And if they were, they would be absolutely minute. So the court sided with the government there. Um, we are appealing against it and they've also given us substantial um, legal fees as well on top of that. Um, like I said, we, we have applied for an appeal because we just want a say over our children's education. We wanna be able to monitor and manage this, you know, as best we can. We are our children's best advocates and without our voice, we cannot exercise their rights. So we could argue that our children essentially only have rights on paper then. Uh, What what we're dealing with now is the government, like I said, they've given us substantial costs with this legal battle and, um, sorry about this. They've given us substantial costs on this legal battle and they are threatening uh, removal of our assets. So they have been very aggressive in their approach Um, We are not naive to think that we shouldn't be paying court costs because obviously that is the way of the system. You know, you do pay for a service that you use. But this is a complex constitutional matter. This is not a case where the government have built a wall six inches over our threshold. This is a bold, radical move and a move to gain full control of all children from age 36 months for a sex education it's rather concerning um without even knowing the finer details it's concerning you know as a parent i'd like to know what's going on in maths english history and geography let alone these um sex education and health and well-being lessons that they are presenting us so we've got ourselves in a bit of a predicament here the government are. Uh, To put it bluntly, they are bullying the five parents who dared challenge them on this, and yet we are living through interesting times, you know, very interesting times. The government is so desperate for control of our children from age 36 months that they have threatened to remove our assets. Well, for us, that means our furniture, because we don't own any property, you know, we've got small cars, not expensive cars and all we have is, is what you see. So yeah, we are in very, very interesting times, scary times for some people, but you know, um, the, the fight continues, we we keep rising to the occasion.
0: Okay, well, lots of questions from that. Um, the, the first one is how much did they fine you for having the audacity to challenge their authority?
1: Well, we've actually gone to court twice. So they wouldn't give us a barrister for us to have this judicial review in time for the implementation of this curriculum. They they didn't have a barrister available. So we were left no option but to attempt an injunction. Well, the Welsh Government misled the court and said this was not possible because this education was fired up, ready to go. That wasn't the case. So that cost us £17,000 just for the injunction. The judicial review, they attempted costs of £75,000 and the judge said that we have to pay £50,000 immediately. Uh, We've paid uh, £23,000 off that and we owe them now £27,000. Even though we are appealing against this judgment and we're appealing against the costs, the government are coming after us for the remaining balance, but not just the claimants. They come in after the group that we have formed as well. So even though this group is just a community group that we have formed, because we've used our platform to collect money, they're trying to say that the group is also liable for these costs as well. So from our perspective, if somebody stood on the end of the street with a bucket collecting money, are they liable for these fees as well? So to date, we have paid, we're including our fees, we've paid in excess of £82,000. That does not include the court applications, which were £274 per time for the Judicial Review, now it's £500 per application. So it doesn't include any of the campaign, uh, none of the travelling, none of the presentations, that's just simply legal fees on both sides.
0: Wow. Wow. So, so it
1: is It is an expensive game, but you can't put a price on children. You know, you I, simply can't put a price on children so they can try all they want to price us out. We will continue. We will find our money and we will continue to raise this matter. And we're looking now We're going to Strasbourg.
0: So um, what percentage of people who are not conforming to the sexual norms, are there in the UK?
1: Right, well, I can only tell you um, exact figures from like consultation. So for Wales, as far as I'm aware, there were two online polls. The first poll, 96% were against this education. The second poll, 86% were against this education. Then they did a consultation. 87.6% of respondents rejected this. The second consultation, they didn't mention the sex education, but 68% of respondents um, rejected it. Then we went on to have a petition. Now, in Wales at the time, we needed 5,000 signatures for a debate. They rang us up on a Thursday night and said, if you don't get 5,000 signatures by Monday, it's going up to 10,000 but we had 5,300 signatures by the Monday. So that was very early on in 2020 when nobody knew about it. So, you know, the fig- figures are there. The court of public opinion is with us. It's just people who don't really understand what's going on, or they believe this is for safeguarding, or they believe it's for inclusion. Those are the only people that agree with it. Um, once you sit down with them and you actually educate them properly, Nobody wants it. <laughs> you know, nobody I, I say these people are few and far between the people who actually want this education are actually questionable people when you've sat down, you've shown them what's going on and you've explained things properly, you know? Because we've got the, all the evidence. We're not um, this is not interpretation or assumption, these are quotations and facts, you know, from their own documentation. So you can't really argue with this when you're actually sat down and you show people what's going on, um, they're absolutely mortified. So the percentage of people who's against this, practically everyone who knows what's going on are against it.
0: Have you got any champions on your side who have clout? I'm thinking, for instance, of somebody like Andrew Bridgen, the only MP that seems to be brave enough to stand up and speak his mind. Have you got any champions?
1: we did have um so we had caroline jones who was heckled in the senate um we had michelle brown from north wales as well um there was another minister of the senate but the next election michelle brown was left off the ballot paper and caroline jones's votes went from 23000 to 1200 even though we had over 1,000 non-voters out voting for her on this RSE issue. So the people who were standing up for us and were championing for us, they've um, they've suffered. So basically, we've got nobody. We've got nobody here in Wales. We've now had to turn to um, some other members of parliament outside of um, the country. But no, we don't have anybody brave enough or willing to stand up on this issue. We have, um, you know, the Reclaim Party support us, Reform Party support us. Certain individuals have supported us, but not, um, but they really haven't elevated us in the way that we should have been. the The support has been in recent months rather than from day one.
0: And am I right in saying you've got Michael Mansfield helping you?
1: Um, I'm not sure. No, I don't that name doesn't ring a bell to me, yeah.
0: Okay, well, he's one of the great sort of human rights lawyers. And um he's been around for a very long time. I hope he's still in practice. But he's one of the great law- one of the great lawyers on the side of the people. I I'm sure there are yeah. others, but I can't think of another one. Yeah, Michael Mansfield, try and get in touch with him
1: that said, they are they are few and far between. Our barrister at this moment is Paul Diamond, so he's um, he's fallen foul to these cases before as well. So they attempted one in England, and it was kicked out on a technicality. It was a backdoor job; nobody knew what was going on. Um, this case has been quite different because we've actually su- successfully had the judicial review. We actually got it into court but he's experienced um, the aggression then from the system with that. You know, we have been messed about. We have been toyed with, and they haven't made it easy for us. Simple things like making us um, drive to London from South Wales to hand in a file, and when we got there, that office doesn't exist anymore. So, you know, we really have been following the guidance to the letter and... We've been run ragged, but Paul, I think he's um this this is really considering this is about his fourth time on these cases. Um, he really is feeling a difference with it. You know, he's feeling this the system are against us.
0: So, what now? Where where do you think you can go that would make a radical difference to the whole thing?
1: The only thing that's going to make a radical difference is a movement. That's what brought it in and only a movement can get it out because this problem is so vast and it's coming from so many different angles. We've got the three different theories, we've got the graphic lesson content, we've got the sexual and protective rights of a child. The only thing that's going to conquer this is a movement. But we are taking it through the court system simply because we need to show people how the judicial system is right now. We need to show people, we need to expose the system for what it is. And by doing the judicial, judicial process, we are actually raising awareness on this matter, creating case law, which is allowing then other low-income families the opportunity to for accountability then based on this case law with legal aid awarded. So we just continue charging through. Like I said, this is gonna to go to Strasbourg now, you know? We're in the Court of Appeal at the moment but we're going to go to Strasbourg. We don't believe the government have the powers to do this. We have no choice to, but to continue rising to the occasion, continue networking, continue uniting. And I just have total faith in the people, to be honest with you, Clive, because this is not a debatable matter. And it's just a case of informing people, making them aware and just letting the tide turn by itself. But it has to be a movement to see it. Because we're up against well-funded lobbyists. And they are well-funded. They get the airtime. They've got the platform. We just need to become an army. You know, we simply need to become an army. We can't be tolerant anymore.
0: I agree. So, um, teaming up with people like Stand in the Park or... Um, banners on bridges, or, I mean, there are so many organizations doing good stuff around, I mean, it seems to me that all, all these groups need to come together. I mean, I've got a small newsletter list of, of people you've bleached out. It seems zoom zoom is, uh, censoring you, Um,
1: uh,
0: yeah, excellent. Um, so, um, have you been able to successfully team up with other existing groups so you can get, you know, shared information on their newsletter? Because I'm gonna, I'll put this video out on my newsletter.
1: Well, I, this is it. I don't think um, we we've reached out to so many groups, you know. And I do go to meetings and um, I speak to p- people in different groups and things like that. And I all I ask is one thing. We. From our perspective, now, there's a lot of things going on in this country that these groups are doing that I wholeheartedly support, wholeheartedly support them. But we've used our platform for just RSE. So, you know, because we don't, we need to keep our powder dry. We need to stay focused. So a lot of our supporters started off then mask wearers, you know, a lot of our supporters have gone down the, the vaccination route and things like that. So we've got a lot of mainstream supporters with us. So that's why we've kept our thing, RS here. So we don't talk about other issues, but every single time I go into these groups, I explain to them, look, I do wholeheartedly support um, everything you do. The only reason why I'm not stood next to you is because I've got to keep my powder dry for this. But what I ask is that we, you can lend us your support because if these people lend us their support um, during these events um, and take these opportunities, well, we're going to make a dent in it. And once we've made one dent in the system, it all comes down because all roads on every issue are leading back to the same place. And that place isn't the UK constitution. That place, as we know, is usually the United Nations, the World Health Organization. They get unelected um, non-government organizations Then. So we are essentially all fighting the same fight, but it's difficult to get people to realize that we are fighting the same fight. A lot of people think we're wasting our time on this fight and we should be fighting the 15-minute cities and things like that. Well, we wholeheartedly support those fights, you know? Um, They aren't separate fights. So I'd like people to understand that the this issue, even though we've kept a just sex education, this issue does run in parallel with theirs. So um, they haven't actively come and, and stood with us, like, you know, as in we are coming. There has been smaller groups, like Reach Out Across Rhonda. They they have supported us, um, but we really do need them now. Clive, we're, at this, we're in this, you know, crucial um, position. It's the crucial time for this campaign. And if those groups could come and stand with us um, and offer their support to us. I, I am more than sure that this is going to benefit their causes as well and, and their complaints as well. Cause like I said, a lot of our supporters, um, they started off wholeheartedly believing all the narratives in the media, you know, but this this issue now has woken them up to a lot. So that's all I can do is keep reaching out and hoping individuals will speak to their groups and and understand the importance of this, you know, because like I said, a lot of people believe this is a waste of time and we should be fighting the the other issues out there. But I have to stick to this, you know, because this is not a debatable issue. You know, this is not an adult conversation. Adults can debate climate change all they want, right? Adults can debate LGBT all they want. They can debate anything all they want. But at this moment in time, our children are under attack. And if we put our attention on the children for now, okay, we can address that issue and the rest will slowly be addressed as well. If we can come together on this common purpose, which we can all agree on, this is not debatable. Our children are at risk. Okay, so whether you what doesn't matter what you believe here, there is a serious risk surrounding our children. And if we could just focus on that, we are making the connections, Clive. Do you know what I mean? We are coming together, we're enriching people's lives and with the knowledge, with the connections that we've got. So it's about coming together, it is. And I would urge all those groups to reach out to us because this isn't a separate issue, it really is the same issue. But we're just taking a different approach on it all.
0: Yes, no, I agree. Your your motivation is sort of almost overriding because clearly the well-being of children has to be the overriding societal aim. So, uh, but I'm sure a lot of those people would, uh, you know, maybe put this video out or lots of the other interviews you, you you're doing. I'm sure that without you having to support them, so to speak, they they would. Uh, get publicity out, because it really is about numbers at this point.
1: And the, the thing is, Clive, as you know, you know, um, we're doing so well on this, that they are looking for things to discredit us, you know, so if they, if they could say we were conspiracy theorists, if they could say we were far right, you know, there would be articles about it. Uh, so for us, we've got, a, we've got a split team. So we've half the team play the mainstream game and half the team then play the alternative media game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. we've got some people on the website, some people are not on the website. They are not any less involved. They're just simply not on the website. So we can play the game better, you know?
0: So are lots of people doorstepping the individuals who should be taken up on this. It might be a head teacher, it might be a council official, it might be an MP. I mean how many people are just deciding, right, okay, I've had enough. I'm going to look up the address of whoever it is who's making these crazy decisions, and I'm going to knock on their door and speak to them about it. Uh, are a lot of people doing that?
1: Well, um, we're not actually knocking doors to speak to people because um, there's been reports written. Do you know what they like? They, they, um, they want to protect the schools from what happened in Birmingham, and you know they play the victim card all the time. But what we have done is we've turned up um, when they've had events going on. So if they've had big conferences and things like that, we've tried to get in. The police have been there, you know, so we've just put our PA system outside the door and called them out in that sense. Here in Wales, we have 22 local authorities, but we actually have 21 local authority uh, WhatsApp groups challenging councils, schools, The local councillors, the local politicians. So, we are giving them a bit of a hammering. You know, we really are giving a bit of a hammering, but they're all hiding from us. The local authority is not allowed to engage with us. Teachers are completely shut down. They're not showing lesson content. So, um, but we are, we're out in towns, we're leafleting, we're constantly, we are a massive thorn in their side. And that's, that's the thing they can't control either, see? That's the beauty with it. When we're actually out on the streets, we're speaking to people, we're confronting people in our way, that's something they can't censor. They can't censor that. Good old-fashioned campaigning.
0: Exactly. Somebody gave me a, a great little leaflet the other day, which uh, I think could catch on. They, they, they basically gave me this, right?
1: Oh, yeah, so I got you've it probably,
0: You've already seen this, which says, keep Cash yeah. alive on the other side, and then all the other reasons why people should keep cash. But, I mean, you, know, you, you, you leave one of these lying around anywhere, people will pick it up and they will read it. They, yes, they will be disappointed on one hand, but uh, I thought it was a great way to get people to read your message.
1: Well, that's what we've actually got, um, QR code stickers. So we didn't want to put too much on them. We just said, do you know where your children are, are learning at school? Scan me, act now. Well, and they're on bus stops and they're in the, on the train, you know, so we've got people every morning putting one on the table on the train. So, and that goes straight through to our sex education page then, you know, with all the evidence. If we'd said about sex education, people are going to peel them off. But we've tried to, you know, um, make them a bit inquisitive then because everybody's got these scanners on their phones now. So, yeah, we're leaving leaflets about the place and we, you know, we are trying.
0: Oh, sorry. If people want to donate to your cause, which, could, you know, if they could, they they should, perhaps. Um, how do they do that?
1: Uh, you can go to our website, www.publicchildprotectionwales.org. There's lots of um, donate options there, or you can contact us through the website as well. Subscribe, keep checking your spam, keep up to date with all the events. We've always got sponsored events social events and um, presentations so through our website is the best but we are learning on the job. We are ordinary people the bottom of the food chain so bear with us we don't have great technology skills and we are a little slow on on the uploading but bear with us we are ordinary people if there's anything you want to do to support us you can you can get um, donate financially or your time through the website.
0: Well, clearly, if I was defining you, I certainly wouldn't be defining you as ordinary, which is a compliment. So, uh, well, well, well done for everything you're doing. I mean, you know, fantastic work. I wish everybody was aware and awake and realised, you know, the truth of the matter. So.
1: It's hard to believe, though, you know, it's hard to believe. and. You know, everybody just trusts their schools. They trust their teachers and teachers think they know it all. Well, I'd like to ask those teachers, when was the last time you knew about a law before it came in? When was the last time you knew about policies before they come in? Because last time I checked, you just carry them out afterwards. So how would you know? You know, how would you know? Unless you've actually done the five-year investigation that we have done, then you're not going to know. But it's a good job we've done this investigation because it's all on the website for you you know so just go and read it so then my view is if you're not going to read this stuff that we've already presented to you you are negligent you know so then we go for individual accountability on that then nobody's immune from this claim absolutely no way none of our children are immune so neither should the adults be immune there will be accountability we have to ride this storm but individuals Will answer questions for this. I can guarantee you that.
0: And when you speak to the average teacher, how do they respond? How many of them are outraged? You know, what's, what's the response?
1: Uh, most teachers, um, there, there's a couple of teachers who come to us. There are some head teachers encouraging us to investigate them, but then there's others, they have shut ranks. It feels like they've been trained against the parents. And when you look at their policies as well, it is all about the parents, familiarize yourself with the family, from you know. And um, yeah, a lot of them are just carrying out orders. They've been told there's safeguards. So they teach in um, three year olds about the vulva, vagina, scrotum and testicles. And this is all they say in the safeguards. Where's the evidence? Where's the evidence? And when you question them on that, oh, but there was a child in the school, there is no evidence. There's absolutely no evidence. So that in itself tells us the teachers are not equipped to be dealing with this. There is plenty of evidence out there to suggest that when children can engage confidently about their genitalia and their underwear and things like that, predators see that as consent. And here we are in school saying that this actually safeguards. There is absolutely no research, no evidence to support that claim. So again, these teachers are simply carrying out orders. A policy has come down. Somebody said this from above, the teachers are just delivering it at face value. But when you actually challenge them, that's when they shut ranks. We've had um, parents being threatened of being banned from the school because apparently they are giving other parents false
0: information so have the authorities been slipping in people at at the top you know the the heads or whatever that are chosen because of a bias
1: i think so i absolutely think so um there's been new heads put in wheels and their, their credentials are like as long as my leg and they've been put in schools right to the back of beyond you know, schools in rural areas, and are like, what are you actually doing working in this in this small school? But there's been a massive shift around of staff. There really has. A lot of them are taking early retirement, so they can't wait to get out of there. Then we've got these new age teachers who are institutionalized. So they've been to school, they've gone to college, they've gone to university, straight back into school. All they know is indoctrination and institutionalization.
0: Um, a friend of mine uh, went to a school. His dad had accidentally sent him to the wrong school. And uh, on day one in chapel at prayers, he notices the head of school staring at him. Turns out, to cut a long story short, that the headmaster was a paedophile and all the teachers, every single one of them, was a paedophile. That's why they worked there. And for years, this school operated... Um, because whenever somebody said to one of the teachers, you know, paedophiles, they, they uh, they're all paedophiles, so they all protected each other.
1: Well, this is it. So that's my field, actually. Institutional child sex abuse and sex abuse in schools. So for me, I obviously, I know the law statistics. Um, I know there's been no convictions. I've just done a study on the data from the Education Workforce Council Wales, A third of their fitness to practice panels are sexually motivated. And the independent inquiry into child sex abuse just published a report saying sex abuse in schools is, and I quote, an open secret. We know schools are reluctant to report abuse. We know sex abuse in schools goes on for longer periods of time. We know it's multiple children. We know all this stuff. Yet, when you go into a staff room or you speak to a teacher, about institutional child sex abuse, they laugh at you. We've got one man working in education in Wales, Ian something his name is, begins with T. He's very influential in um, education policy. He denied the existence of child sex abuse in schools till I sent him some reports on Twitter. Do you know what his response was? He blocked me. So this is a man who is using his sexuality to bring in policies into our schools, who's denying the existence of child sex, abuse just for his personal life. So from my perspective, Clive, and I I am not scared to talk about this. This is what people don't, people don't want these discussions, but these are the discussions I want to be having. So from my perspective, when you've got 12-year-olds in a class with an adult-sized dildo and an adult-sized condom, and they are putting those condoms onto those dildos, you have got to wire that teacher's brain up to a machine for me to read it, to prove they're not getting gratification from it. It's as simple as that. I shouldn't be assuming these people are not getting gratification from it, especially when my field of work is telling me where there are children, there are pedophiles. where there are systems, this is hidden. They protect each other. It's always gone on in our systems. So for me, I've really got a problem with this stuff being taught in schools because I know the dangers that exist in our schools. There's a workplace culture there. This is academically referenced by credible academics. Study after study after study, report after report, inquiry after in- inquiry. Look what happened in the children's homes. Where are the convictions for that? Same thing is going on in the schools. Where are the convictions for that? It's never taken place. We've never ever had convictions for sex assaults on our children perpetrated by adults in our systems.
0: It strikes me that the older children um, should be equipped with secret miniature cameras and film, uh, as you know, try and get this out there. I mean, because if the, the efforts, you know, that have been done over the years, obviously, as you say, haven't worked. So I think it needs needs some new thinking to
1: well, this is it. We're we, um, safeguarding our children from, from, from home. So if anybody in school starts talking about their genitalia, because privates are private, Clyde, okay? So if anybody in school starts talking about their genitalia, that child is to raise the alarm in that class. Privates are private. All the other three-year-olds in that class will understand what's being said is wrong. Because privates are private. That's all they need to know. That is all they need to know. And I'm prepared to go into court to argue that because I know the evidence supports what we are saying, not what they are doing. So from the from the very beginning, they can't teach our children correct terminology because our children know that's wrong. For with regards to the drug going into school, not all drug artists are. um, uh, All right. Not all drug artists are very, very sexual. I know. But most of them are. And the ones we've seen going into school are posting about orgies. They're posting about how a young boy can pass for 23 in a gay club and things like that. So what we've told our children is simple. If a man comes into school dressed as a woman with lots of makeup on, he's a groomer. He's a groomer. He's groomed the teachers too. He's groomed all the adults to be there to raise the alarm, he's a groomer. And there is one child in every class that will have the guts to stand up and say that. The will have the guts to stand up and do that. And until they get these drag queens out of our schools and out of our lives, we will teach our children that they are groomers. It's as simple as that. We're not pussyfooting. We're not pussyfooting for a few nice people. We've got a few dodgy people in there bringing in these um, ideologies. We just safeguard our children from home. At the end of the day, a line has been crossed. We're not blurring these lines. We're drawing our line back in a big black marker. So we will tell our children the privates are private, and anybody discussing your genitalia needs to be reported to police because that's a fact. Sexual Offences Act, look it up. You're not know, supposed to we'll be discussing these things with children. So, but it's okay for a teacher. You know, if it did safeguard fair enough, but it doesn't. So we are taking steps from home to safeguard our children. We are teaching our children to raise the alarm so other children will know something's wrong. You're on mute, Clive.
0: Sorry, brother. Can the parents turn up uh, in a group one day at the school and announce that we, the parents, who are the majority here in this building right now, absolutely refuse to allow you to treat to teach this stuff to our children it's going to end now um, that's I mean, what we what, need what we- to do
1: yeah they've um, a lot of schools a lot of parents have done that in cardiff because we've got a lot of muslim families in cardiff and now the schools have gotten together you know we're doing a bespoke curriculum for you guys so again it's, it's more lip service you know it's just lip service it is and the bottom line is this the teachers are protecting the government instead of our children
0: well the government pay their wages which is the problem uh, whereas in actual fact of course it's the people who have their money stolen by the government to pay their wages yeah but, um all right well um are there any any other points you'd like to cover because we could
1: well to tell you the truth, Clyde, this topic is so big. You you could talk about it all day long. You know, I would just urge people to to research it, you know, to look it up and instead of um prove it wrong, you know, prove these things wrong. You're not gonna be able to prove them wrong. Just tell people what's going on. Everybody needs to know this movement is vitally important. I believe, I wholeheartedly believe in the people of Wales and the people in the UK, we were the last to get this education, guys, all right? We were the last in Europe to get this education. We were the toughest nuts to crack. Now, we do know those nuts they cracked weren't very good nuts. You know, they were all part of the system. But we need to be the last ones in, first ones out. We need to remind them exactly why we were the last ones to have this education. Remind them why they, forced, they were forced to legislate, because they knew... Heads would roll once we found out about this. So let's not disappoint. Let's stand up tall and let's take them all. It's as simple as our children need us. We come together, we get this job done, and then we can work together to solve out other problems.
0: Brilliant. Thanks, Kim. It's been brilliant. Thank
1: you. No, thank you, Clive.